Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Reagan, joined by John, and today we've got both NFL and basketball news to talk about. Uh, let's start with basketball news, actually. I was going to start with NFL, but let's start with basketball. Let's talk about the play-in tournament and whether you think the Mavs or the Thunder are going to be getting in. Yeah, um, I talked a little bit about this uh, as far as OKC was concerned. Um, And I want to talk a little bit about the Mavericks and where they sit. They are, you know, right outside the play-in tournament, equal with with OKC out right now. So if uh, OKC loses and Mavericks win, then they could get in. Um, But OKC has been losing a vast majority of their games. The Mavs have also been losing a vast majority of their games. They just won yesterday, and the OKC just lost yesterday to make it even. But as far as gameplay from both of these squads, we talked about it on, uh, I think it was Friday, and I just said, I I don't think OKC makes it in. I neglected to realize the fact that the Mavericks were the team that was right above them, so that changes things a little bit. Uh, I think if you look at them, I mean, Kyrie Irving... And Luca are not the problem. It's everybody else and their inconsistencies. I mean, you can't play um, Luca the entire game uh, and expect him to be able to carry the rock all game long. He gets you 40 points. Kyrie could get you, you know, 35, 40 points a game. But then you're going to need everyone else to step up and fill the gaps where when it is necessary. And at times, this team looks good, looks high. It, it, everything just clicks. But for whatever reason, in the last few games I've watched, that all happened at like the second or like late second quarter, early third quarter, where they finally started to look hot. And in one game, that kind of cooled off, and the Hornets were able to get a lot of rebounds on them and just kind of dominate inside the paint and hit a lot of threes, which kept them ahead for a vast majority of the game. The Pacers, I think, hit like one for 11 in threes in the third quarter. Something of that nature, and the Mavericks were like five for seven um, at one point in the third quarter. So when you really looked at it, they did a much better job hitting down the three, which a lot of that was Luka. Um, but when they were all playing together, they actually were able to create a decent lead for themselves and hold that lead. But in the in the um, the, the Charlotte game, um, they you know started to go on a little run, but the the Charlotte Hornets were taking advantage of their poor shots their misses as far as rebounds were concerned and just using that to their advantage. So, I mean, if you're looking at these two squads and you say to yourself, which team should be better on paper, obviously it should be the Mavericks. The Mavericks should be way better than OKC is. OKC is a little up and coming, but I see similarities across the board on, on, on both of these teams. However, with OKC, they got shy, right? Um, that guy has been playing really well for, for OKC been dominating i really just think it's going to be one of those things is can the mavericks you know clean it up and play fully as a squad and can they get luke out of the funk that he's in because he's getting frustrated out there you could tell he's like slow on rotations he at the start of that uh pacers game you could tell he was a little bit off on on certain rotations and things of that nature so i think if you he's gonna have to clean that up obviously but if you're looking at who's gonna make it into the play-in tournament that's going to come down to which team cleans it up faster. Right now, obviously, OKC obviously has the tiebreaker. Um, so that's kind of a big deal for them. But I think either team that makes it in isn't going to advance that far. Um, but if I had to guess, 
right now, you know, who's going to take that last spot? I would kind of say it would have to be OKC because I think OKC has a chance to climb back into games, has a chance to be competitive at least down the stretch with the Mavericks. They're just so off and on. And, and yeah, you kind of expect to be going on a run at some point. But you never know when that run's going to be, and you never know how consistent they're going to be from three. And you can't just overwork your all-stars all, all season long. you got to let them you know, take some time off and uh, during the game, some minutes off and things of that nature. So I think when all is said and done, I, I would kind of have to guess that OKC would sneak into that spot. Um, and then all the West would you know, stay the same from there. But kind of a nail-biter right now as far as what's going to happen. Like I said, there's a world where um, the Mavericks could squeak in there. But that's really going to depend on, you know, the supporting cast of Kyrie and, and Luka. Can they help these guys out? Because, like I said, it, it ain't their fault. It's, it's the everyone else, you know, needs to rise to that standard of excellence. And this isn't a problem that's new. This has been a problem for a while now where the Mavericks had Luka and they did not have Kyrie. And therefore, they had a bunch of guys that are all the same. And they legitimately could not help Luka out and in the slightest bit. And he really struggled. Um, so this isn't in a new problem, um, but at the same time, like last year, you weren't worried about OKC. Uh, now you have to be a little bit worried about, you know, what they're able to do to you. So I think personally, uh, I think OKC is squeaking. All right, let's talk about some moves. Uh, we're going to be talking about NFL moves, but quickly before we do that, let's talk about Damian Lillard. Is he going to be moving on from Portland? Yeah, there's been rumors that he's not going to want to stick around uh, past the season just because of the lack of success the Portland Trailblazers have been having. Um, there's really two things to look at here. One, where he's been saying that he um, he wants to be loyal to the Trailblazers organization. He's not after you know only the ring. He wants to be able to help the team in any way he can and help them get across the finish line. Now, obviously, the Trailblazers haven't been competitive in a while now, and he's stick around through all those seasons without requesting a trade. So there's that, and it kind of feels like, if you look at that, that kind of points to the fact that they might just kind of, you know, stick around and, 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 you know, he might stick around and not leave. The other thing he said is he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. And the only thing I've got to say about that is it's probably he like he doesn't want them to get rid of all the players they have now. Because right now, you it's a rebuild. Whether you want to call it a soft rebuild or a hard rebuild, this is a rebuild that the Trailblazers are in, right? Because this team, if you look at, like, three seasons ago to now, like they are completely different guys are coming and going through that organization very quickly. Uh, Dame is, and uh, Simons are, per, and Nurk, but those are pretty much the only guys that are sticking around. Those are pretty much only the guys that are left from that initial bones that they had a couple seasons ago. And now you look at it and everyone's just different. Um, they've really cycled out guys coming to Powell, uh, Gary Trent, uh, these guys have just been flying out, the, <laughs> flying out the doors. They try to figure things out. So I don't know if you know if a rebuild means like they cut all the good players and they send them out and they just build through the draft. If that's what Dan means by he's not ready doing a rebuild, you're kind of in that situation. So if you look at that comment, then it definitely feels like the door is open for a possible uh, move by him to possibly leave. Now, if you look at it, keeping Dame is a huge success, a huge win for the Portland Trailblazers, but they're going to have to do way more to build around him and give him pieces that allow them to win consistently um, because they don't have that right now. Thibel, I think, is a good piece to keep. I think Eubanks and uh, Nurk are a good uh, centerpiece. I think Simons is a good um, good guy next to Dame, and then I think Dame is that's a good, you know, good group of guys. Sharp is also kind of up and coming a little bit there, but if you took... Dame, and you said, you know, 
hypothetically trade options that I was thinking through throughout the day. One, you could go to the Lakers and you could be like, okay, give me D'Angelo Russell, give me, you know, Vanderbilt, you know, and then give me Austin Reeves, right? Now, Austin Reeves, they, that probably be a little more of a fight, but I think they'd be like, okay, you know, yeah, you lose a couple of our good players that we kind of traded or whatever that case may be, but you get Dame in return. And Dame is obviously a guy that can get you 30, 40 points a night consistently you put him with LeBron James Anthony Davis um and you let and uh, uh Dennis Schroeder you might you might have yourself a nice little competitive team down there in Los Angeles and then if you're the trailblazers you just pulled some really nice assets to go onto your team because the issue with the the issue with sports is teams get caught up in trying to keep that one player onto their organization and not let them go and and, and try to force pieces into places they do not go um and try to force you know the issue a little bit of keeping him around and then seeing what else you could put around him to try to win a championship and you know sometimes that doesn't work sometimes it works sometimes it does not and i know a lot of teams around the league would love to use his services there's not he's not like a piece that you would you could you could win either way right you could win by keeping him around and then trying to figure out what you need to do to rebuild around him or you could win by trading him and getting pieces that you know would have success that could get you wins the Lakers aren't the only team you could go with. I mean, you could go the Timberwolves route uh, and see if you can pry away some of those guys. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's the best thing for you, but you could definitely try that out because I don't know. I think that that you know that could be helpful. You you go to Nat Dallas, uh, see what you could get from them. Like you could go places to different squads and see what you can pry away from people because I think you could definitely get you know first round picks for them. You can definitely get a, an all star player for them in return. Uh, but it's going to depend on can you get that third player and what's more valuable to you. But if you're really looking at for Dame, Dame's perspective, I mean, I could I could see it go either way because you know, like I said, he he's been you know saying a lot of loyalty stuff. Like I want to be loyal to this team. I want to keep winning. And he kept his shooting down reports about how loyalty doesn't work and you shouldn't be doing that. But then there's the whole rebuild side. Um, but if I had to, you know. I, it's, you can't guess with these guys. They're going to make decisions that's best for their franchise. All you can look at is what would happen in the aftermath of set of said event between him going and him staying. And I think, you know, I think at this point for for Dame, you the franchise can't give him what what you know what they want to. They can't give him a championship, um, but other teams can, and other teams that have pieces that you might want are out there that are looking for a Dame type splash um, on, on their franchise. The Golden State Warriors, maybe you could pry away Looney, maybe Jordan Poole, uh, and give Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Dame uh, an opportunity to see what they can do. Um, maybe with the Celtics, you might be able to get Jalen Brown. Uh, we've heard him kind of being in a situation where it, it kind of seems like he's on the front edge of maybe leaving the Celtics organization. There's a possibility there. So there's a lot of different opportunities for, for change in the NBA. Uh, but I think it's very, you know, a unique situation for the Trailblazers. As a lot of insiders and stuff are talking about the fact that this is kind of a unique situation uh, for for the Trailblazers. And Dan's been around for a long time. So I don't think, I think if you had to weigh factors, I would say, you know, it's definitely 50-50. But I think at the same time, I think he would probably wait to staying than going. Just because I think he wants to be with the franchise. I think he wants to be where he's at. But that's kind of the the, the playing field of what could happen and, the confines of why that like what what would shake out if that did happen but if i had to guess from here i would say dame comes back for at least another season and sees what sees what he can do 
All right, let's switch to the NFL and talk about some moves there. We've been talking about Lamar Jackson's possible trade and where he's going for a while. Is this finally coming to a close? Is he finally going to be deciding whether to go or stay? Yeah, he said since March 2nd, which is kind of new information. This hasn't been uh, open information at all. But he said that he has requested a trade from the organization, and now he wants to be traded, obviously. Um, and now the Colts have been kind of a team that's been narrowing down as a team that might move at him and, and try to make a splash for him and see if they could pull him away from, from Baltimore the Jets the have said they don't want to. A lot of teams have been saying they don't want to make a move uh, at Lamar Jackson. The Colts are definitely probably a team that's at that front edge of teams that would make that type of move to try to get him to to go with them. But like he uh, yeah he's just kind of done with the with the Ravens at this point. Um, we'll see how how much that how long that lasts because the Ravens seem like they are being a very patient team. Uh, and not a team that's going to be able to, going to rush into anything. They're going to take their time, do their due diligence, and see if they can get Lamar Jackson to want to stay. And when he looks around at the market that that is out there right now, like we talked about, like Tennessee might be a team that we hear kind of come into that mix a little bit. The Colts are obviously going to be a team that stays in that mix. Um, but a lot of teams are trying to figure stuff out right now, right? They've done some some flyers, right? They're trying to save some cap room. They're trying to take some risks on some guys. They're trying to figure them at the, their stuff out, and because of that, Lamar Jackson might want to stay put for an extra season and just let play out the exclusive franchise tag, play on the play for the Ravens, and when he's done, take a look at the NFL market because it's going to be a lot bigger because teams are going to figure out that didn't work and we need a new quarterback and it's either going to come through the draft or it's going to be coming through free agency and he might be able to sneak in front of the free agency line and then teams will want him and, and a lot more teams would be open to that possibility this season i mean it's still a huge possibility that he gets traded we hear the colts really kind of grinding the gears a little bit uh and a lot of reports have been flying around about about them i think tennessee uh is a team that people are looking at and then maybe even the packers um, because I think that makes a lot of sense as well, because now obviously they're looking at Jordan Love, but at the same time, you know, maybe they look at that once they lose Aaron Rodgers to the to the Jets, but the Jets are being really patient with Aaron Rodgers, which I think might be a detriment because they right now, I think want to give away two second round picks. Uh, I think one this year and one next year, but they want that. They want the 2024 second round pick back if Aaron Rodgers doesn't end up playing in 2024. So they're taking a one-year rental on Mr. Aaron Rodgers uh, in the hopes that he might play for longer. With Lamar Jackson, you pay him, and he'll definitely play for longer than two years um, w without injury. So I think I think they should definitely be in the running for that in that conversation. But right now, the whole league is in on the rookies. The rookie class is very strong, at least at the top. Um and so teams are going to be taking chances on that. Uh, so I think at this point, it's kind of, I think it's kind of like where Aaron Rodgers is at. It's either, you know, stay where you're at or go to the, <laughs> go to the Jets. You don't really have a whole lot of options after that uh, because I think, I'll, I think a lot of teams are very set in their ways. Um, I don't, I prefer the Titans being a fan would, you know, do their due diligence on him because Tannehill isn't your future for much longer. And Malik Willis is going to be, it seems like it could be a good quarterback down the stretch but it's going to take time to mature him to that level. And we'll see if they're going to be doing a similar thing to the Packers and what the Packers did. Um, but I, I would think that they would at least do take some time to try to check things out. But we now know officially that Lamar Jackson is open for 
uh, a trade of some sort, and that definitely moves the ball in the right direction towards a possible um, seeing Lamar Jackson possibly in a different uniform. All right, let's talk about Bobby Wagner, who we know is now going to Seattle, um, yeah. going back to his home team. Uh, what do you think about that? And he's going to be retiring soon, just to retire as a Seahawk? Yeah, so he signed a one-year deal. I think it was back on Sunday with with um, with Seattle coming back. I really don't think... Now, obviously, if he has a really big um, season with Seattle and he plays lights-out football and he proves that... At a, at as an older linebacker, he could still play and he could still, you know, make a lasting impact on a team. Then he will definitely be in the running to go to the Cowboys, the Chargers teams that were already uh, wanting his services. So that might not be a retirement situation for him, but it's definitely a one-stop shop for Seattle. Uh, I think it's a good move by Seattle to really boost this this linebacker core for Seattle. Finally, fix the issue of horrible run defense. Last season, that was the worst thing about their defense. Everything else was great. They did a great job stopping the pass, rushing the quarterback, doing all that stuff. What they could not do is stop a rushing quarterback from, once he got outside the pocket, taking off and running for a touchdown, or uh, when Josh Jacobs had that huge run um, against them to win that game that was really come down to the wire um, at, at CenturyLink Field, uh, or Lumen Field now. Is that right? I think they changed. Um, but, you know, with, uh, with Bob Wagner, he knows what it's like to, you know, go up there and stop the run, get in the gap, you know, play a very physical linebacker position and very, and know how to do that well. Plus his history with Pete Carroll, the history with this organization probably makes it more comfortable for him to slide back in there. Uh, plus when they play the Rams, you know, he'll have, he'll have some idea what they like to do, what they like to run, what they like to call a little bit, which might give him a little bit upper hand. But overall, I think it's definitely going to be a good thing for him because I think they are going to need, they're gonna need that kind of that kind of person to to help this team, which is like I said, very young. I think like their their star Jordan Brooks, he's only like a couple years, maybe two three years out of college. By Weiner, very far removed from college, um, so he knows what it's like to play the NFL and play a a high level consistently. So I think honestly, out of everywhere he could have gone, he'll make the biggest impact in my in my opinion at Seattle because. Um, maybe you know, maybe he won't have the biggest season as far as tackles, and maybe he'll make a couple of really bang bang plays, and you know, help him out and win in clutch time. The things that are not going to be uh, fully recognized by the media and fully recognized by fans, but inside that locker room, I think he's going to be a, a good guy to have as far as being leadership, uh, a, a mentality of aggressiveness, and I think as a like I said, as a leader, I think he's going to be able to help these guys understand stuff that they would not normally get uh, and be more apprentices than anything else. So if they can soak up that information while it's there, I think this team could look even more mature after the year is done. So I think it's a really good move by Seattle because I don't think after the year is over, I think that kind of hits a cap at some point, and you want these guys to kind of play at that high level. So keep a guy in there that you already know and you know it's, you know what type of person he is. Out bringing him back in not only for the football field but what goes on after the football game and before the football game and in the practice facility every single day uh it's just a helpful thing for him going down the stretch and i think you know with Bywagner being there and helping this team if he could play a really good run stop de- uh, defense type of game then i think the seattle team could even have a bigger season uh coming up as far as as far as they could get in the playoffs and maybe not have to be on the outbiter to even get in the playoffs because i think he could have that much of a lasting impact but I think it's an excellent signing. I think he, the Seattle Seahawks did the right thing by him, 
by doing that because if he wanted to retire, he'd go retire as a Seattle Seahawks, which I think he would like to do. But if he doesn't and he wants to play for, you know, Cowboys, Chargers, or something of that nature, that option is still on the table. But like I said, I think that's a really good move. All right. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Um, we'll be back on Friday. I think that we're going to have a lot more basketball news to talk about on Friday. Am I right? Oh, yeah. The season only is like nine days left. So, all right. We'll sweet. Take it towards the end. Yep, I'm more excited for the plan, and I'm excited to see how that all shakes out. How about that Warriors game yesterday? That was fun. Yeah. Crazy. It's so spicy. Draymond, dude. I know. He's wild. He needs to probably, they need to probably get him under control. <laughs> I don't know how you can. They try all right. To get him off the, they try to put him on the bench. And then oh, yeah. And start doing it again. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll be covering all of that coming up soon, and we'll be back on Friday. <laughs>